Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, welcome along to another Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes. Hello, Lana Hill. Hello, Nick Hayes. Yes, this is a little bit better now that I'm back in control. It is. Well, it's better that you're back doing the intro. Back in control. Yeah, no, debatable. That, that was always questionable. Yes, yeah. that's very true. Hey, um, when was the last time you went for a job? Me? I guess... Last time when we had coffee a couple of years ago. Oh, good. Well, it could be time again, Lana. <laughs> well, we do have a recruitment specialist, a HR specialist. Yeah. Uh, the job. And the woman that's getting jobs all over the country. Leslie Delimi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you going? Going well, going well. Look, in a world of COVID-19 where people are losing jobs, they're losing jobs in vast, vast numbers, what's your read of the play? I mean, someone that finds people jobs and and organises all of it, what are you seeing out there? There's definitely jobs available for those that are willing to look for them and perhaps willing to maybe think outside the square with what they were previously considered their ideal job or an industry that they wanted to work in. Um, And I think everyday Australians are also coming together to help people migrate into different job choices. Um, You'd find it difficult previously to change careers if you didn't have the exact experience. But right now, everyone's sort of rallying together to make sure that they can get as many people employed as possible. It's it's a time where I think I've never seen a federal government in support of business so much. I mean, at the moment, there is this sense that you know they're not wanting to see unemployment hit that 12 15 percent which it could likely do if we don't have that financial uh support is 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 employment at risk here to head towards 12 to 15 percent over the coming months um i'm always the optimist i'd like to think you're a little like me then yeah uh, yeah yeah (laughs) um i think there's enough going on um especially in western australia uh we're lucky enough to have mining um, and obviously um, harvests, and I've uh, put a controversial post up on my LinkedIn the other day um, talking about unemployment um, in certain areas. Uh, and out of that, I actually discovered that there's a government program for school leavers that want to get into fruit picking and harvesting. It's called Harvest Trail. Um, so you can actually Google Harvest Trail um, and you can find some details about how you can get into agriculture work if you don't have experience in that field. So it's just another initiative that the government and everyone sort of rallied together to get that information out there and make it a lot easier for farmers and for people seeking work to come together. Now, was this an article, uh, an op-ed that you did in the West Australian? <laughs> it was an op-ed that I did in the West Australia. <laughs> and you then have then since then discovered someone's come to you and let you know about a, a supportive yeah, yeah. So I had an op-ed on Gen Z um, and perhaps the uh, need for them to be a bit more flexible in their job choices in the current market. Sure. Um, and through that, I had some people come to me to support 
what it is that I was saying, but also provide information. Um, as some people said, uh, perhaps there wasn't enough information readily available. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the things I actually uh, touched on in my topic in that we probably can solve some problems if we have the times and resources to, to put it together. Um, and someone's done that for me and it's called Harvest Trail. So they actually have a program to match uh, workers, youth, anyone really that's looking for that sort of work that can come together and, and solve the unemployment and the um, fruit industries issues. I love it. I love it, Lana. You know what I love about it is that you put an op-ed piece out and then other people get involved and they want to throw in their two pieces through and, and then you become more educated around the, the topic, even though it was your op-ed <laughs> that started the whole conversation. Yeah, the power of media, starting a, a conversation and a discussion. I'm intrigued by what you're saying, Leslie. Uh, would you say, because I would think in a traditional job market, it's it's going to be hard as a job seeker to jump from an industry that you might have a lot of experience mm-hmm. in into another one mm-hmm. that you don't have any or, or very limited experience in. Is is that the case? And and what would you say to, to job seekers out there that are trying to do something like that? Um, I think previously, and I'm a recruiter, I do it every day, it, there was probably a time where someone would come to me and wanted to move from construction into mining and I would say that's not a possibility. Um, genuinely because the client's expectations were so high that it was difficult to break down those barriers. Um, now you find clients are actually willing to go, do you know what, this person might be coming from construction, but here's five points on their resume that match what I need in mining. And they're willing to put in the time and effort to uh, train those people to get them into roles. Um, also, uh, let's say you're in a uh, like an admin role um, and you want to move into cleaning, um, for example, Uh I think people previously would never even think of that, like, well, I'm an administrator, I'm not going to clean. But I think if you sort of open up the channels and go, look, um, I've done this sort of physically demanding work, like in my admin role, I may have um, cleaned for this amount of time and I want to move into cleaning. Um, People are being a bit more flexible themselves in what they're looking to do and and they need to continue to do that because uh, as a career coach, I would say, you know, it doesn't look good if you jump from one industry to another, from one job to another. But I think with COVID, for me, if you had a six-month gap on your resume um, and I was going to employ you for a role and I asked you why that was and you said, well, I couldn't find a job because of COVID versus someone that said, well, I couldn't find a job in administration, but I moved into cleaning for six months just to support my family and bring in an income. Says a lot about it's, a person, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Interesting. So that you, the COVID excuse, if you like, of well, I was looking for work for you know three or six months, whatever, doesn't doesn't fly with you. Yeah, and like, and some <laughs> but, people, but, 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 but it wouldn't fly with employers as well mm, because at the enough. end of the day, yeah. you would say that that person maybe try to find or used every excuse under the sun not to get a job. But I think what Leslie's saying, there are jobs out there. You've got to be a bit more flexible. Yeah. yeah. Move it around. Flexibility is key at times like this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like you might have a wish list of this is everything I want in the position. You kind of have to go, okay, cool. Am I earning an income for my family? And mm. am I uh, contributing to society and actually helping everyone band together to get through this this next six, 12 months, whatever it might be? Fascinating. One, one of the big things, I suppose, when COVID did hit though and – Jobs were, the traditional jobs were starting to fall off. We couldn't come together. So you saw hospitality fall over, tourism fall over. You saw um, those that are involved in events Mm. basically just completely uh, disappear. But 
there were other jobs, wasn't there? So All of a sudden, other jobs became really in need. Security, yeah, transport. Yeah, yeah. so um, when COVID hit in the peak of, well, when the madness was happening, we actually had 300 vacancies that we mobilised in the space of two weeks. Wow. And we were actually taking people from hospitality and from events yeah. um, and from Qantas that were stood down um, to put into those vacancies. Um, and those roles are still ongoing today. Um, Rio Tinto BHP released, I think, 3,000 jobs each that was pushed out to their contractors and most of those were in the support fields. Yeah. Um, and you, you see that growth continuing. So even as hospitality might be slower to pick back up, um, I've got 16 vacancies for chefs right now. So it's there is positions. You just have to maybe rethink your um, goals for the next couple of months. Can I just ask a question? What level of chef are you looking for? <laughs> just a qualified chef. With just, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely not me. Does my, my references from my 10-year-old and 8-year-old count? <laughs> I wouldn't even have references from my kids, Nick. <laughs> And definitely don't ask my son. He's decided all he's eating at the moment is rice. So uh. I hear you. I hear you. I, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, um, just, I mean, let's talk about your first media experiences because mm. you came across to us just literally when COVID-19 kicked yes, off. Yes, yes. The lovely uh, Jackie Nagel, who will be definitely listening into this, um, introduced you to us. And she introduced you as the, the vision and the future of recruitment, yes, and I wow. just went wow, and, and particularly for someone like Jackie, Jackie wouldn't doesn't sh- sugarcoat anyone. In fact, <laughs> it, it's just nice to hear some nice words from her occasionally. Um, but she really did sell you, and, and mm. I when she talks, I listen. Yeah, and when you As first came people. in, yeah, <laughs> but when you stepped up and you you came in, met we 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 literally met at twelve o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. We had you on TV by three thirty four o'clock. Mm-mm. And and a ra- in your first radio interview, you know, 10, 20 minutes either earlier or after, mm. um, y- you pretty much are determined to make this work and happen, aren't you? Oh, yeah. For me, um, I guess the future of recruitment, it's about that holistic approach to looking after your people. Mm. Um, I want people to feel like they belong somewhere. Um, there's a, a stigma and a toxic culture with labour hire or um, casual workforce where they're not treated or they there's a perception that they're not treated the same as permanent employees. Um, so I've uh, created a program called FIFO Foundations, which um, is a support network and it's like it's nothing revolutionary, but it's just to give some uh, people somewhere to go to find support, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's mental. Um, and in my day-to-day operations in um, my labour hire company, Tailored Resources, uh, for me it's about making people feel like they've found home. Um, and that's as much as the people that work for me in the office versus the chefs and cleaners that I put out on site or, um, you know, the administrator or the telemarketer or whatever it might be. We just want people to feel like they belong somewhere because that's really what people are searching for. And it doesn't matter whether you do a two-week swing or you work for us for six months. It's actually about making people feel valued because genuinely without them, our business doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, Lana, jobs. Jobs are everything. Yeah, it's just just the mindset into into someone's well being and to feel wanted, feel needed, and also to uh, to hold their status, their their own personal status in life. It's it's a job is everything. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I think the intersect between mindset and employment is a really interesting one. And I mean, I, I know mindset and mental health is getting a lot of airplay at the moment, mm. rightfully so during. 
um, the pandemic. But yeah, I think that resilience, that flexibility, people might not be earning what they once were, but it's kind of, as you said, just key to, to connect back into, I'm contributing, mm. I'm bringing something in and, and I belong somewhere. Have you have you always had that passion for your own industry? Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, likely the reason that I moved on from a couple of positions because without having control over the direction of the company or the voice or the the values or morals and integrity, it's really hard to drive um, that vision to make it a better place for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in jobs that I've had several years ago, like I might have been earning great money, but even I felt empty as an employee. So if I'm feeling empty as an employee and I'm not feeling valued, then mm-hmm. how can I sit here and say that, the, the candidates that are three at, at three degrees of separation are feeling that way about the organisation that they're working for. Um, and I thought, what can I do to actually change this mm. um, and to, to help change the minds of even in some circumstances, the clients that I work with? It's really a, like I'll stand up to clients if they're trying to um, treat my candidates differently and say that that's actually not okay. Um, they're... they're their people. Because <laughs> I think in that industry, in the mining industry, and there's some people very close to me, like including my sister that was in the in the mining industry for six years. And, you know, pretty fair to say she, I mean, she earned fantastic money, mm. <laughs> money mm. that I would, I wouldn't say no to, but uh, yeah, her, her health, health and wellness, you know, was terrible at the end of those six years. Um, and I think the industry has been put under the, the microscope quite a bit over the last few years. So, are you also trying to educate your clients in that industry about how to look after their people as well? Yeah, and to be fair, it's come leaps and bounds. I don't think anyone was really – do you know what? They were probably aware. They probably just uh, weren't shining a light on it. But there's a lot of programs at the moment that bring into the light the mental health of fly-in, fly-out workers. Yep. Um, there's a group that I've done some work with and I've actually had them in to um, train my employees in the past called Happiness Co. Oh, uh, yes. They're yeah. friends of ours. Yeah. Totally, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pace Meister. He's, he's, he'll, be on the, he'll be on the podcast shortly <laughs> yeah, if yeah. he turns up for it. <laughs> Ooh, bang, Julian, bang. <laughs> I'll ask you some questions on that later um, once we're off air. No, so um, I've had them into the office for, for my workers to do preventative mental health because for me it's holistic. Like if you've got... Things I was going to swear then, but with one take, if you have uh, if you have things going on at home, as much as people say leave it at the door, you're here to do a job. It affects you, of yeah. course. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, it's about giving people tools. And talking about resilience, it's funny because Dr. Gary Martin um, wrote a post the other day saying that my generation wasn't resilient. I saw that great post, fantastic post, fantastic. Yeah, I I'm in that generation. I am too, and Lucy. I have resilience in spades. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and people talk about not being able to teach resilience. I. To a degree, I think that's right, but I actually think if you give them the tools to build resilience in their life, and you might not call it resilience, you might call it preventative mental health, um, <laughs> then then they're going to be better equipped to deal with everything that comes their way. You know, yep. like boyfriend leaves them cool, right? It it sucks, um, but I've been given tools to actually deal with this, and perhaps I just need a bit. I need my work to put their arm around me a bit more to get me through this period. So. Yep. Whilst I think there is a level of resilience that's ingrained in you and ingrained in your upbringing, um, I think you can give people tools to build that muscle within them to make them be able to cope in situations a lot better. Totally agree. Build that muscle. Build I like the muscles. It. Build muscles. It's, uh, I, I try to go to the gym to build muscles. But <laughs> as you can see, I very rarely go. Um, <laughs> 
Talk to me about that time, though, when you did that 3.30, 4 o'clock uh, media appointment because this is – Yes, that is big. This would have been – was this the first time on TV and radio? Yes, yes. So um, here's me. How are you feeling? Okay, so here's me. I'm having a conversation with Jackie. She's like, oh, I'm going to get introduce you to Media Stable. Like, um, this will be a great relationship. In a week or two, maybe they'll get you on TV or radio and I can coach you through it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me just reach out to them. I'll explain all to you and then I'll get them, one of them to call you in a day or so. My phone rings like an hour later. I'm like, I don't know, who this per- like, I don't know this number, but I'm in recruitment, so I answer every phone call. I'm like, hi, this is Leslie, and it's Nick on the phone. He's like, so I've just spoken to Jackie, and I hear you have 300 vacancies, and I'm getting you on the TV at one. And this is 11 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and I've come to work literally looking like a homeless person. Oh. <laughs> oh. Like, pretty much trackies, no makeup. Like, we're in the middle of a mobilisation, so I'm like, I don't need to see anyone or talk to anyone or do anything, so I'm in my get things done attire. Okay, so here's a lesson to everyone. <laughs> Be prepared. Be ready. <laughs> be prepared. Be Ever, ready. You'll be pleased to know. Ever since that day, Nick, I carry a suit in my like Shh. in my car, a makeup kit in my car because I was like, well, what do I do? I have no clothes here. I have no makeup. So call the husband. Like, awesome. You you need. He was luckily at home that day because he was in full time employment. Then you need to literally. This is what I need you to bring for my wardrobe. And me being female, I needed five outfit choices. <laughs> yeah, glam squad. I, literally, I need my hair straightener. I need my makeup, and you've got to be. Here in 30 minutes. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Mr. Delaney. How did he go? Did he get there? He, yeah, he did. He well did. played, yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's good. He's he um he's a thinker and a warrior, and I'm like, can we get this done yesterday? So but we've been together 10 years, so he's um <laughs> He he's, knows how you work. He knows how I work. So oh he'll panic for a second and then go, okay, this is what she needs. I can help her, it's fine. So excellent. You've got you've rolled up to the television mm-hmm, station, mm-hmm. you've sort of got into that because oh, look, there's a lot of because th- a lot of people will get very nervous if there's too much time in the lead up. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get that. I didn't get any time. Um, so <laughs> uh, I got given my topics and then I had to run through them all. Um, yeah. We were mainly talking about jobs, so it's fine because I know that I, I eat, breathe, sleep uh, jobs, vacancies. <laughs> um, it was different as well because they, I think it was one of the very first times they were in the hallway. Yes, so outside. They were outside. Because so COVID brought about no, no longer in the studio. Right. Yeah. You're having to do everything outside. So if anyone's doing anything outside, if people yell things from a car, don't look. I think if you see on the very first couple of minutes on my first Nine News appearance, I look to the left and it's so obvious. Yeah. Because we're outside and someone drove past and said something and I've just glanced across, but it's very obvious on yeah. the record. Oh, instinct though. I can't believe that was your first time. What, mm. a, what a massive experience. Mm, mm. And look, it was a great one though. You did really well. <laughs> you, d- you did really well. And, and I think there's two very strong messages to come from this. One is, you know, obviously uh, it was very quick, mm. but the content was very good. Mm, mm, mm. And I think we've got to really, you know, remind everyone out there, it, it is your story. And if your content works, there's no holding back. Yeah. You know, you do not hold it back. Do not delay it till tomorrow. Yeah. What you can do today. And I think you 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 did that beautifully, and and that just was also to reinforce what Jackie had said about you. you you'll go and do it. You just get sent the direction. You'll go and make it work and happen. There's there's no use, and in most things in life, there's no use dwelling on it. it yeah. Like it was what it was, and yeah. I had to deal, and I just dealt, um, and it turned out great. So, um, and that's all you can do. And relating it back to jobs, just put your best foot forward. Yeah. And try, and and people will see that if you say to someone, "Hey, look." I'm in this position because I lost my job and I know 50%, but you need to teach me the other 50%. Like, can you just help me out? And 
you just just do the best you can with what the cards that you dealt. I love that. So what are you doing media for, Leslie? Because you it sounds to me like you're pretty busy. Um, to get busier? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it, it's about that education piece. Yeah. Um, it's about sharing what I know and what I feel with everyone else. Um, I mean, the exposure is great as well, but it, it, it's about um, getting the message out there that there is companies that want to look after people mm. um, and there is good news stories because all I was hearing with COVID was, you know, this – um, I keep going to swear, sorry, um, but, but <laughs> things aren't going great for everyone um, and I just wanted... You're allowed to use the word shit. Okay, great. So things were turning to shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, I, I we sent, swear a lot look, at media's oh, great, table. I'm glad. I sense that was about as far as you were going to go. That was as far as... Well, oh, on phew. TV, they like drop you and beep you. So I was yeah. like, yeah. So um, I've seen I've had some really good training. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it was just about getting some good news out there because yeah. everything I hear at the moment and, and very much so back then was doom and gloom and it's not the case. Like if... If you're looking for bad news, you'll find bad news. If of you're course. looking for good news, you'll find good news. So I'm just making myself available for good news. And, and I love that. But I do. I will say this, and and that is that you, you're spot on in that the whole narrative and the storytelling around COVID was always negative, mm. and you just only needed to find the opposite and and a different angle to come from. And your positive stories. When I found out you had 200 jobs. That was a no-brainer. Mm. In mm. fact, the, the I remember how excited you were. <laughs> well, actually. I, I was because, but you know what? But again, that's also too. I, you know, I'm a 25-year working in media veteran. Mm. That was really good news, mm. and it was so different to what else were, that was going on that it wasn't going to be me trying to pitch you to them. It was going to be who am I giving it to, and who are my best mates? Yeah. You know, because the media were loving it, and it just. Fortunate Ollie Peterson and and Channel Nine were 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 lining up at the time, but seven, ten, ABC would have covered it and mm. and and definitely did it as a flow on. Um, the radio, let's talk radio. Yes, how'd you go with that? Because the, the, just on the TV, you, you did beautifully well. You got your husband to bring out what you you were wearing. You delivered it perfectly, and for a lot of people, television is really if you can do that, you can do anything. Um, radio, how'd you go? Uh, radio's I think I've been on the uh, – my record in one week was eight times. Eight times. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So then th- that's been a great experience um, for me. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So you went from zero, like no radio interviews previously to having an eight interview week. Yes, yeah. Wowee. Almost up to your standards, Lana Hill. <laughs> oh, I don't think even I did that in my heyday. No, you case. didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I, and I can tell you what, not in mine either. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so, and again, it was just the good news. People just wanted to hear there was vacancies and there was someone trying to help people get into employment. Yeah. It's such a good lesson too because I feel like sometimes there's still people out there that think, why is the media just so hell-bent on the negative? Why are they only reporting all the bad stuff going on? But they are reporting on the good stuff and like you said, Nick, they couldn't jump on it fast enough when it happened. So what about now, now that things have sort of stabilised a bit, um, particularly here in Western Australia? Tell that to Victoria. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. what's what's life like for you right now? Um, So I've um, had a job transition, so I've uh, opened uh, my own agency. So Which I, is tailored, tailored resor- resources. Yes, Very yes. Good. So I've been in the industry 10 years, so I thought it was about time to do my own thing. And then I can really um, live my values and drive those through the organisation. 
Awesome. Um, so our values is grit, just for anyone that's interested. Grit. Yeah, I'm grit. not surprised. Yeah. That word popped into my head earlier listening to you. Yeah. That's awesome. What, grit in her voice? Grit. <laughs> ah, grit. And it, it's a better version of resilience. I think the word grit Ooh, is better than okay. resilience. Mm, so yeah. it, so it, uh, growth, reliability, integrity and trust. Oh, love it. Mm, mm. Love, love it. it. Yeah. So that will have a – can. I'm going to post about that soon. We've actually just finalised all of that. Um, and yeah, so I've taken a little step back from media stuff for the past couple of weeks just to get that up and running and all sorted, but, um, full throttle with the, an op-ed in the West and, um, be thrown into some more media soon, I hope. Can I just say just uh, from an op-ed and piece and particularly someone who is leading an industry or Mm. is an industry leader, um, and we've say it quite often at Media Stable is that the 600 to 800 word op-ed opinion editorial piece is so powerful. Mm. And by power, I mean you've literally got an opportunity to really uh, dive deep into your message and into your story and actually you know, really send some strong messages out there because it does get well read. Mm-mm. And it's not just well read by those in the paper, it's well read by those that we send it to Absolutely. and goes out further and wider. So kudos to you on that because that that for a lot of experts and a lot of commentators out there, that is sort of the pinnacle of the mountain that they're actually looking to climb, aren't they, Lana? Because it's not easy to do. No, it's not. And number one, you need a strong opinion. Yes. Number two, you need the you need, I guess, the depth of opinion and the depth, you know, whether it's statistics or whatever, to be able to write mm. something that's compelling enough to land in the editorial. I mean, we were having this conversation in the office earlier today about editorial pieces versus advertorial, but that's the the power of an op-ed. It's it's not advertorial. It's someone's really powerful, substantiated, credible opinion. So yeah, I mean, was that? Do you like writing? Yeah, yeah, and I quite enjoy getting my opinion out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some people. How does Mister Delimi feel? About that? <laughs> ten years. He's had ten years to get used yeah, to it. Um, no, he's he's great. Literally, not a bad word to say about him. I, I um, I, I actually I won't say anything much beyond. Uh, <laughs> On, only good things. Only well, no. Um, I had a an interesting upbringing, and I say that that was um, the universe's way to repay me because he literally he's uh, oh, gorgeous. Mm. Tell us about your background. Where, 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 what, what, what was your what was your lead to this? Where where, where have you come from? Okay, so um, I grew up in the country in a little uh, town called Walkway near Jelton. Um, I was born into a family where a lot of people had uh, codependency issues. Right. Gotcha. Um, so I was actually raised by my grandparents. So I would actually say that's where a lot of my opinions and my work ethic and, um, that resilience comes from. Cause I was, I sort of skipped a generation. I was actually raised by my nana and granddad. Oh, awesome. Um, so I had my first job when I was 13 years old, um, and then I think my second and third job by the time I was 14 and 15, I actually did some fruit picking, as I mentioned in my, my op-ed piece. Awesome. Um, so for me, I guess I've always been searching for somewhere I belong as well. Yeah. Um, I've never, like, like my family's close now, but there's been periods where we haven't been and I haven't, uh, and my granddad was my hero. Yeah. Um, and he died when I was young, um, so 13 or 14. Um, I'm very good at blocking out my childhood memories, so I can't remember the exact year. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the haircuts and the fashion, no. Um, so uh, I, th- I think for me it's probably been a journey for me to actually find somewhere that I can call home myself and I wanted to extend that to the greater population so everyone can find somewhere that they belong to. Love it, love oh, it. Drivers, 
drivers, Lana. It's what it's what motivates us, it's what gets us out of bed, it's what makes us do what we do, and also too comes out in the work that we're doing. Mm. And I think I can see that you're looking for your place. So that's and and look at you as a role. You're looking into place other people to find their places. Yeah, you, you can't beat that. It that's uh, that, that backstory. You you got to have one. Oh, <laughs> you do. Yeah, and that's. I was actually thinking, Leslie, as you were sharing what you wanted to achieve for your clients. I'm. I was thinking that's coming from somewhere. You know, really deep inside you. But you have to when you work as hard as what you do. <laughs> um, you have to have that thing. And you that, can't fake it, can you? Because you can't. Ultimately, the end of the day. <laughs> You can only lead it to so far mm. and, and it's that extra little bit that you need to get over the line. Now, that's really good. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I like your backstory. I want I want top three tips here right now because it would be remiss of me not to, to ask the recruiter of the year, <laughs> yes. the, the, the industry leader, the expert that appears in Op-Ed's eight radio interviews in a week, <laughs> Lana Hill. Massive. Eight. Yeah. I haven't done eight in a month. Yeah, hashtag goals, Nick yeah. Hayes. Yeah. What's your best three tips there for those who are looking for jobs? And coming out of COVID, because I think yeah. this is the kind of thing, I love the flexibility side of it and yeah. I, I, that's a really strong message for me. So my first one is don't talk yourself out of applying before you've even applied. Yeah. Oh, what a beauty. Yeah, like, what a beauty already. Just just apply um, and then if you are rejected, and again, I think people are afraid to pick up the phone, don't be. People are, are more willing to help right now. So if you're not successful, call and ask why. Yep. And then call and ask what you need to do next time to be successful. Because it might be that, like, okay, for cleaning, for example, you need to have some sort of physically demanding role that you've worked in from yep. an injury perspective. So I'll say to someone, like, go pick fruit for a couple of weeks or go volunteer in a kitchen. Once you've got four to eight weeks of hard labour in your CV, then I can consider you for a role. Yeah. Because the rest of it's attitude. It's it's I actually prefer um, what we call green candidates to skilled candidates because they're a little hungrier to get the job and they're a little hungrier to impress you. Um, I mean, people with a wealth of experience generally also do well in the roles, but I actually prefer people that will do anything they can to to get that position because they tend to put in that 10% extra than everyone else. So refreshing. Mm. Well, also too, if they're experienced, they're also carrying baggage with them from previous workplaces and that can, you know, just to even retrain or even get them to refocus. It's the retraining because you might work for one company and this is the way that they've done it for five years. Oh, haven't you heard heard that before? This is the way we used to to do it. At the old company, <laughs> and it's like, well, you're not working there anymore, <laughs> are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, again, I'll touch on what I said before. Don't be afraid to change careers right now. Um, yes. And if you, if if even if it's only for six months to provide, again, it's that integrity that you're showing. Do you know what? I had a wife and two kids to provide for. I might have been a, a project manager or something, but I've been washing dishes for the past six months. To, there was a a story about a uh, and a pilot from Qantas that ended up doing traffic controlling. Yeah. So wow. So that that shows a lot about your character and what you're willing to do to provide. You're so. spot on there because I think even with Qantas and the airlines, the the staff they went to pack shelves in mm-hmm. supermarkets that mm-hmm. were falling over because the, the the panic buying was going on. But th- th- they were well trained, they're well skilled, yeah. and also too just says a lot about the person that's prepared to even drop a little bit of their pride to yes. to see what they were, you know previously up in the in the airline industry now working in 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 shops i mean that that that's something that, that's powerful it says a lot about the person well that leads me to my next point is the pride and yeah. the ego um you kind of need to check it at the door even more I, I don't like people with ego on a good day but you need to check it at the door more so than ever now because um, mm. you might have 25 years experience um and i think it was one of the pieces that um 
that I put forward was, you know, if you're over the age of 55 and you're struggling to find a position, why don't you look at coaching the younger generation um, rather than sitting there and going, well, I don't want to because they're taking my jobs and yep. holding resentment towards them. Look at it as a, a business opportunity. Open some training centres, open a coaching program, train the next generation coming through. You earn an income and you're helping other people gain employment. Leslie Delemi from Tailored Resources, Lana Hill. Oh, Leslie, blown away. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I was Amazing. before, but even more so now. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. If people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do it? Uh, info at tailoredresources.com.au or 1300newjob. Oh, new job. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love a good phone line. Something yeah. One three. Now, don't you start calling that, Lana? <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right, I promise you guys. That, that was one three hundred. I'll wait no till job. after the next podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on the Experts Podcast. That was Leslie Delimi from Tailored Resources. A really, really interesting chat and using her expertise in media beautifully. If you want to catch up, go to mediastable.com.au for all the other interviews that we've put on with experts in media, and we look forward to having your company next week. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.